So ultimately, by looking at how the fear is serving you and how it's not, you get to make a decision and say, do I want to continue to live in this fear or not? Welcome to the Thriving Mom Podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor, on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Well, hello, thriving mums. Welcome to another podcast episode. How are you? I am so excited to bring this episode to you. But first, I'm sure you can tell from my voice, I sound a little bit deep-toned today. And that's because I've been struggling with a cold and a cough for a few weeks now. And um, yeah, it's been fun. So we're just going to get this done. Hopefully, I can last through the podcast without coughing. (laughs) So today, we're going to go. I'm peeling back the curtains and giving you a sneak peek into one of the lessons in my program, my one-on-one coaching program, Thrive. So we're going to be talking about navigating fear on your non-diet food and body image journey. And first of all, I want to start off with the definition just so we're on the same page about what fear means. So fear is defined as an unpleasant emotion or thought that you have when you're frightened or worried by something dangerous, painful, or bad that's happening or might happen. So now we've established that fear is an emotion. And if you've listened to this podcast, if you've been following me for a while, you know that I practice from the belief that our emotions are driven by the thoughts we have about what we see, what we hear, what we touch, what we feel, and what we taste. So this means that your fear is always defined by your interpretation of whatever's happening around you. It also means that most times we get to decide how much we're going to let fear stop us from taking action. And I'll explain what I mean as we continue with the podcast episode. But first, I want to tell you a story because I think it was so funny that this happened and I thought this would be the perfect story to share. So last fall, I took an impromptu trip to visit my friend and it was such an interesting experience because that flight was the first time ever in my life where I did not have any mind drama about flying. I don't know, maybe it's because it was impromptu. I didn't really have time to sit in indecision or worry. Like, I just had to do it. Paid for my trip. The day came, I went. That was it. So before that day, I used to be very afraid of flying. Like, I would book my ticket and I'd start, like, having nightmares about what could go wrong. I mean, apart from physical things, like, my ears were always popping. I would have headaches. And I was always so anxious and fearful that there were times when I would need like multiple barf bags (laughs) just because I was that sick on the flight. And then last fall, none of that happened. And the interesting thing was that I didn't even realize I wasn't having any mind drama until the pilot said something about, oh, remain seated, even though the seatbelt sight was off. So that meant we had already taken off and we were not cruising. So I literally felt that knowing that I had just moved through my fear of flying and I didn't even know it. And for me, it was such a pivotal moment because I love to travel, but my fear of flights has kept me from going to so many places just because 
it takes me a few days to recover. Like in the past, I would take two to three days to recover from a flight. So if I was going for a short trip, that meant the whole trip was a mess because I would spend half the time recovering from the trip. So now I'm so excited and I'm so psyched to travel again and I can't wait to do it again. And as I was thinking about this podcast episode, it just reminded me of the drama that some of my moms face when they come to work with me one-on-one. So they really want to not diet again, but they're also struggling at first with going full in on the non-diet approach to health because we as a society have created this dichotomy where we think that if someone says they no longer want to diet, that means they've given up on themselves or they're accepting unhealthy behaviors. And that's not true. It's not a black and white thing. Some people also think that that means they no longer care about what their body looks like, which in a way I do encourage people to put that aside because you need to be able to get to a place where you love yourself, where you've created that safety in your body, and then your body can change, your weight might adjust to where it needs to be. But that safety needs to come first. So many of the moms would come in and they think, well, it's going to be too hard or maybe it's not going to work. But what I've seen most of the time is that when we think it's too hard or it's not going to work, this is usually a blanket statement to avoid the real issue, which is fear. So then the first step that we take in Thrive is to explore and work through those fears around food, around their bodies, around feeding their kids, and just showing up as moms in their everyday lives. So for this episode, I pulled one of the lessons, and I want to give you a step-by-step process for navigating fear so that you too can start focusing on love-based actions that would actually help you and propel you forward on your non-diet food and body image journey rather than letting fear hold you back from going all in on yourself. So the first step is just naming the fear. What are you really afraid of, right? So at the core of our beings, many of our behaviors are rooted in fear because that's just human nature. Our brain's job is to keep us safe. So anything that feels new, anything that feels challenging or different will definitely be met with some measure of fear. Some of us fear we're gonna lose our autonomy. We fear we're gonna lose our self-identity. We might fear other people invading our boundaries and have fear about our sense of worth or lovability. And for moms, I think that these fears are just heightened when we have children because, of course, not only are you worried about yourself, now you start thinking about your child and you really want to protect them. So when something happens in their lives and you see yourself reflected, it just becomes this triggering moment to you. And some of us feel judged because of our choices or we feel ill-equipped as moms. Another thing is that diet culture has also taught us to fear being in fat bodies. So we're afraid of being fat. We have this fear of food, and we tend to classify food as good versus bad. The thing with naming the fear is that it gives you something to identify, right? You can just say, I'm generally afraid, and your brain doesn't know what to focus on. But when you identify like this is the fear that I have, then your brain is able to pick it out and you stop spinning in confusion. So for example, if you refuse to buy a certain food because you fear you might lose control around it if you have it near your house, simply just naming that is a big step because now you can start to explore why do you have this fear? Is this fear serving you? And the next steps that we're going to talk about. So first, 
name your fear. Next, you want to explore the thoughts that are serving that fear. And this is so important because it's going to help you understand what you've had to believe in order to feel that fear. So if we use our example of the fear of a certain food, let's just say like ice cream, your thoughts could be, I can't control myself around ice cream. And here's where it gets tricky because for some of you, you then make that to mean something about you. You then make it to mean that you lack self-control. So this is where I encourage my clients to depersonalize that fear and just give whether they want to name their brain or they want to name the fear, which I find it's pretty fun. When you depersonalize the fear, it allows you to see yourself outside of that behavior, right? So you have the fear, you are not the fear. And then you can be a curious observer of that fear. You get to have compassion for how that fear is trying to keep you safe. So if we go back to thinking, our brains are always trying to keep us safe. So there's a belief that's feeding that fear. So if we think about ice cream now and people who avoid it, it's probably because you have the belief that there are good and bad foods. And ice cream is probably one of the foods you consider bad. So you name your fear, then you want to explore the thoughts that are serving that fear. If it's challenging to explore those thoughts, consider depersonalizing the fear and see what comes up for you. Next, you're going to ask yourself all the ways that the fear is serving you and how it's not. Now, I know some people might think about this exercise and they think, well, what's the point? I already know it's not serving me. Yes, because this is what you're told. But you need to remember that fear has a purpose, right? So whether it's serving you or not, it's a different story. So if we go back to our example of the ice cream, the fear may be serving you because you feel that by controlling what you're eating, it's keeping you from gaining weight. But then it's also not serving you because guess what? You're constantly preoccupied with thoughts about ice cream. You're always watching what you eat. Perhaps you're not letting your kids have ice cream or even your partner. So then nobody gets to enjoy ice cream in your household because you can't have ice cream in the house. And then what about social gatherings? You might avoid parties or going out with your girlfriends or other people because maybe there'll be ice cream and then you don't know what's going to happen. So ultimately, by looking at how the fear is serving you and how it's not, you get to make a decision and say, do I want to continue to live in this fear or not? And that's much more empowering than saying, well, I don't want to live or eat this food because that's what I'm told. But now you know, you get to decide, do I want to keep doing it or not? Chances are you're going to say no. You might want to enjoy ice cream or you might want to have it in your house. And that's why you're listening to this podcast. So now you've decided you want to be able to eat ice cream. You want to let that fear go. Ask yourself, what do I need to believe to let this fear go? And this question is not about getting rid of the fear. Rather, it's minimizing the possibility of that fear. One thing I want you to think about is trusting that your body is always on your side. Always. Even when you're having that fear, there's something that your body, that your brain is trying to protect you from. But if you've done the previous three things that I talked about, you've named the fear, you've explored the thoughts that are serving that fear, and then you've asked yourself, how is this fear serving me or not? Then you might be able to figure out, okay, what do I need to believe to let this fear go? First, your body's always on your side. And then your body knows exactly what to do with the food you eat. This is one of my favorite things that I tell my clients. It really does. And the only way to see this happen 
is if you are willing to love and partner with yourself first. Let go of the rules, let go of the expectations, and just partner with yourself. This might feel challenging, which is why I highly recommend that you work with a coach or someone to help you through this if you've been on a diet for a very long time or any sort of food restriction or disordered relationship with food. So in order for you to be able to love and partner with yourself, you have to accept what is without judgment. A lot of acceptance needs to go into this. And by doing this, you get to create safety for your body through the love. And the more you keep loving and accepting, the more you're going to have loving thoughts about yourself and the more safety you're going to create for yourself. And once that happens, you start to feel better about yourself. And then the change that you're seeking starts to happen. So you keep asking yourself, what would the loving version of me do in this situation? And keep asking yourself every day as you unpack it, you're letting go of those thoughts that no longer serve you and focusing on taking loving action. I promise you, the more you ask yourself this question, the more the answers will start to present itself because your brain is always trying to keep you safe. So then you're going to tell the brain, this is what I need to keep me safe. And as you find evidence that it's working, you keep reminding yourself and celebrating those wins. So my friends, that's how you navigate fear on your non-diet food and body image journey. Now I want to say this, the most important human relationship you'll ever have is the relationship you have with yourself. And your ability to love yourself deeply is what will determine how you experience your food, how you experience your relationship with your body, and your relationships with other people and the world at large. So again, I want you to recognize that fear is a normal part of life. It's always telling you something in hopes that you'll be safe and protected. We don't overcome fear, we manage our fear. And as you're practicing living into a life of food and body freedom, Recognize the areas where fear is driving your behaviors and keeping you stuck. Then use those steps that I've talked to you about today and decide how you want to engage with food, how you want to engage with your body from now on. All right, my friends, if anything I've said resonates with you today and you're just wanting more and you have more questions, I'd love to invite you on for a consult call with me. It's 45 to 60 minutes on the phone or over Zoom We talk about what you're currently struggling with when it comes to food, when it comes to your body, all of that. Then I'll tell you how my program can help you and we get to decide whether or not coaching with me would be the next best step for you. You can find all the details at oliveinplace.ca forward slash coaching. I would love to support you and help you on your food and body freedom journey. All right, my friends, I hope you have an awesome week ahead and remember You have everything you need to navigate fear on your food and body freedom journey. Take care and as always, keep thriving.